Kia ora and welcome to episode 85 of the Get Confident Show. Oh, you are absolutely going to love this week's guest. I know that the title is all about empaths. Now, this episode is for everyone. Throughout the whole recording, I was having aha after aha after aha, and no doubt you will as well. Our guest is just so knowledgeable and she has an incredible amount of wisdom. So enough from me, let's get straight into the episode. I'm Janelle Hosking and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. Now, I feel a lot of pressure about introducing Stephanie because before I hit record, I said her full name just to make sure that I was getting it right because, you know, uh, different accents and such. And now I'm just feeling the pressure in, in doing this introduction. But let's go for it anyway. Welcome to the Get Confidence, Get Confident podcast, Stephanie Jameson. Oh, thank you so much. I love your accent. You say my name so beautifully. How do people normally say your name? Like, I wouldn't think of it any differently. Stephanie Jameson. But when you say it, love, that's like a whole different (laughs) ballgame. The accent is incredible. Oh, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And I love being able to, you know, connect with people all over the world and hear different accents. You know, I'm honestly, I'm quite used to watching um, American TV shows and I'm used to, you know, all the different accents. And sometimes if I'm binge watching a show, I'm going to admit it, I will start walking around the house and like, picking up and trying to to do the accent so you know after this maybe it I might go around trying to sound like you and then maybe you might try to sound like a kiwi ditto absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I love that in fact I have a lot of beautiful clients um down in New Zealand and in yes. Australia like all yes. over and whenever I'm reading them or coaching them I, I just get off the call and I'm like oh I just love the way they sounded <laughs> It's so funny because there is a difference between the New Zealand accent and the Australian accent. And I have been connecting with Australian clients recently too. And hearing them talk, I'm just like, oh yeah. Like you either love it or you hate it in in every sense of every accent, right? You know, everybody's always got a group of accents that they like or that they don't, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So that's awesome that you have uh, clients down this end of the world. Now I feel like we've definitely, um, digressed, but I'm so, so here for it. (laughs) So before I get you to tell us more about yourself, I am going to ask you some quick fire questions. It's a this or a that. You just have to choose the option out of the two that most relates to you, you know, that is most um, applicable in your life. How does that sound? That sounds like fun. Let's do it. Beautiful. Okay. Logic or emotion? Emotion. Words or actions? Words. Planning or winging it? Ooh, ooh, that depends on the situation. Okay. Um, I'm a planner who wings it. <laughs> okay. What do you plan and what do you wing? Like, is there anything that you can specify on that? So I've had to work really, really hard on being grounded in my life and being practically co-creating something. So when my heart says you have to do this, I will go, okay, how can we practically achieve that? However, mm-hmm. When I have learned that when opportunities come to me from the universe, just say yes and get it done. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I feel mm-hmm. so that that is a perfect explanation of planning and winging it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you prefer coffee date or cocktail date? Neither. I'm a tea girl. Oh, beautiful. What type of tea? All kinds of tea. You, you, uh, lemon balm tea. I love English black tea. I love, um, you name it. I love all kinds of different teas. I'm a tea girl. I truly believe that I lived in London and have had many lives in London because I am, I have all the things for them. Oh my gosh. I'm so attracted to like um, King Arthur and the Arthurian legends and the, you know, all the wisdom from that era. And Mm -hmm. even when I was like nine years old, I would have hot tea at night before I went to bed. Old soul here. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that for sure. And one more, Um, do you class yourself as like a, a couch potato or a like fitness fiend or somewhere in the middle? Ooh, somewhere in the middle, somewhere Mm. in the middle for sure. I have to agree because I love, as I already professed, love watching me a TV show, but then also love like getting out there and moving as well, you know? So I think it's good to be in the the middle. Absolutely. It really does depend on the day. It depends on how many people I've worked with that day. It depends on how much I've done that day. If I need to get energy moving out of my body and ground my energy, it really depends on, on the day. Yeah, hands down, agree with you. So now that we've got that out of the way, we know a little bit about you, but I'm really keen to hear more. Uh, So why don't you tell us about you, Stephanie, and how you came to be? Okay. So I'm an intuitive empath, author, uh, medium, and soul coach. I am starting to dive into speaking, uh, and I have just been kind of helping people awaken, step into their power, choose love over fear, co-create um the business of their dreams their i should say their heart-based business um and really help them kind of navigate consciousness shifts as they navigate their awakening you know i teach people that all the answers are from within Mm -hmm. i'm constantly telling people that everybody on this planet is psychic and the more that we choose love over fear the stronger our intuitive knowing becomes Uh, And I definitely feel like I'm here to play a role in this massive awakening that's happening on the planet, you know, where um, the feminine is is rising and the masculine Mm -hmm. has to submit to the will of the feminine. So it's all about heart awakenings with me. Mm, That is so beautiful. Is there a story around your own awakening or have you just always been this way? You know, there's definitely, there was definitely several catalysts to my mm-hmm. initial awakening, but I have had intuitive ability since I was a little girl. I always felt very different. Um, I was the old soul that never really um, felt aligned with kids my age. I would rather be hanging out with older people and talking to them about like why we're here and why does it have mm-hmm. to be that way? And I don't necessarily agree with that. And like debating with adults, mm-hmm. you know, and challenging their conditioned beliefs and all of that kind of stuff. I started picking on spirit um, probably, I would say seven, eight, nine years old. I was picking up on spirit pretty heavily. Uh, but unfortunately I, I grew up in a household where I was heavily conditioned to more so look outside of myself for the answers versus trusting what I felt. So my intuitive abilities kind of got stifled until, um, I went through some trauma and I had to heal that trauma as I, as I moved through that, I started choosing love more than I was choosing fear. So I was choosing empowerment, gratitude, um, hope, you know, joy, empowerment over worry, anxiety, doubt, 
insecurity, like all of that kind of stuff. And the more I just started loving myself, the stronger I felt connected to spirit, um, the louder and more confident I became in my intuitive knowing. Uh, And then one day I just finally heard it so loud and clear. You're here to help other people awaken. You're here to help people choose level or fear. You're here to help people step into their power. Um, And then of course I've been helping other people who are sensitives like myself kind of navigate their, their path as well. So I would say that there were several pivotal points and catalysts along my awakening journey. And I, you know, the awakening journey never stops. So there's Mm -hmm. even more to be seen and even more work that I've been doing around all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest catalyst was when I was guided to choose um, differently than what I had been choosing. And that was, that was challenging. I was sick. I got sick um, and ended up in the hospital. And so I was really guided to slow down because I was just little miss go, go, go. (laughs) And as I was kind of moved through that, that was a big awakening for me. And then other, other things happened as well. So basically every time I'm guided to like do some heavy feeling, Mm -hmm. I tend to go through another layer. Mm, that is incredible because I know that um, to be confronted with that option of uh, growing and diving deeper into knowing yourself, it could be really easy to just want to run away. So the the fact that you you saw that or you were met with that and you thought, you know what, I'm going to step into this is just incredible. Um, and I love the work that you're doing, especially how you mentioned uh, sensitives and, you know, doing your work with empaths and helping them to thrive I thought that it would be amazing to get you on the show because obviously this podcast is all about helping women to get confident within themselves but that looks different for every type of person and Mm -hmm. I know something that always comes up is around um, the different personality traits of you know being extroverted and introverted and then when I came across you I was like this is awesome. You know, a woman who's dedicating her career uh, to helping empaths to to thrive and to succeed in their own journey and their own awakening. So I wanted, um, first of all, to get in a little bit more to the the terminology around empath. Are there any other words or ways in which that type of person can be described just so that somebody listening can identify whether this is them, not them, or somebody that they know and love? Yes. I'm so happy that you brought that up too, because um, I don't just help empaths, but I tend to attract a lot of empaths for sure. Um, So empaths, there's disempowered empaths and then there's empowered empaths after they've done their work. So these are people who take on other people's energy, um, have a hard time with maintaining or establishing boundaries. These are people who they can walk into the room and tell if the energy is off. They have amazing intuitive abilities, but they've been stifled, like my story, um, from from childhood to not trust their inner voice, Um, maybe lacking a little bit in self-love, strong inner knowing, you know, they're the people pleasers or the recovering people pleasers. They're the ones who typically have people come to them because they have amazing advice to give to people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the healers in the family or in the friend group. They're the ones that everyone goes, you know what? I'm going to call so-and-so because so-and-so always makes me feel better. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like people in a way, you know, they're feeling better, but you could probably say that they're, they're able to soak up the energy of the empath because they're such a giver. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where in the beginning empaths can really struggle, um, mm-hmm. myself included, I 
am a recovering people pleaser. I'm the first person to admit that. Hands up. <laughs> I hands up recovering people pleaser. I just want everybody to be happy all the time. Um, and I had to learn how to take all of that energy that I was so willing to give to everyone else. And I had to pour it into myself. And, and the more I did that, um, again, like I was saying, the louder my intuitive knowing became, um, mm. the more empowered I became. And then I birthed DSJ. Um, so yeah, it's, and then I had to do the shadow work, you know, mm -hmm. so a disempowered empath would be somebody who is all of those things, but continues to give their power away, knowing mm -hmm. that they're giving their power away and refusing to do the shadow work, heal the inner child wounding, heal the karmic pattern, not trust their inner voice, that kind of stuff. And then an empowered empath would be somebody who is willing to lean into it, you know, mm -hmm. even if in baby steps, they're doing the work, um, mm -hmm. they're themselves they're healing their shadow you know one of my biggest shadow um just just even just a few years ago was I don't love being seen and I've had to really uh, the universe has been pushing me to teach and speak and be seen and I've had to really get confident on camera um I've had to get confident just standing in my authenticity and saying oh yeah I'm different you know and I'm here to help people you know and that was really really challenging for me so everybody's story is different mm -hmm. uh, you know, but most of the time empaths were the sensitive ones, were the emotional ones, were the ones who um, we overgive because we know what it's like to not feel a certain way. And so we want to mm. just make everyone else happy. Mm. Do you think that the empaths also internalize a lot, potentially a lot more than other people? Yeah, because um, a lot of times, and this has just been my experience so yeah, far with working with, with people and in my own journey, um, a lot of times sensitives, empaths, old souls, um, they are usually brought up in a family dynamic where they have been scolded for speaking their truth or taught to conform or heavily conditioned um, or, you know, they're, they suppress their truth or they suppress their, their voice or their voice has been suppressed in some kind of way. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm just like, as you're talking, thinking of all the different people in my life and also different stages of me throughout my life. Just then, as you shared that, I had this like weird little flashback to me being a little girl and performing in front of my mom and her friends but mm -hmm. from this view of like I have to make them happy so it's like mm -hmm. I think I grew up taking on this persona of being extroverted and trying to always uh, make other people feel good but with my energy of like I'm I'm out there I'm outgoing I'm I'm full-on I'm intense but as I've grown up and did shadow work and gotten more into myself I've realized that that was uh, something I did to try and make others happy. Does that make sense? You know, it's like it wasn't, it I wasn't naturally doing that for myself. It was like, that's how I show up to, uh, I guess, to feel valued and feel loved because of what I'm giving to you in that moment. But I've literally never thought of it like that until right now as we're speaking. Perfect. That's what usually when people talk to me, they have those perspective shifts. Um, also, another thing that people don't think about until much later on is, you know, empaths, we're very sensitive. We feel everything. You know, I'm an intuitive empath. I'm a psychic medium. So energy is my second language. And so when you're younger like that and you can feel that maybe you're making 
mom uncomfortable or somebody uncomfortable, or they dismiss your inner knowing that creates an energy um, mm -hmm. shift in the room. Right. And so the sensitive may go, Ooh, I don't like the way that this energy feels. I'm going to do whatever I can to make the energy feel calm again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. they learn to suppress, you know, what they feel energetically, which leads them to suppressing their inner knowing their inner voice, all of that. And then it's mm -hmm. this, as they get older and they get moved through their awakening, um, there's some sort of catalyst that usually happens. And that's where the inner child wounding comes into play where you have to heal that shadow aspect. Mm, okay. Mm. So let's go into that a little bit. Imagine you're, um, well, you know, for example, one of your clients who they are uh, identifying as a disempowered empath and, you mm -hmm. know, maybe they've had some catalyst that's recently happened, which has led them to wanting some help to you. What is mm. something practical that you would advise for them to do um, to help you know, flip things around to become empowered. So I know that you did mention a couple of things around shadow work, but do you have something specific as like yeah. what that is? Absolutely. So I can give a, a few practical awesome. um, tips here. First is make sure that you're spending time alone. You have mm -hmm. to get in tune with your own vibration so that you know the difference between your energy and someone else's energy so that you know the difference between your thought and intuitive knowing or um, somebody projecting something at you. So you have to be willing to really slow down to level up in that way. Okay, so slowing down, leveling up, getting in tune with your own vibration, spending time alone, non-negotiable, non-negotiable. And I, and I meet a lot of people who go, well, I just don't have time. Life is crazy. I have kids. I have a spouse. I have work. I have great. If you can't take 20 minutes to meditate, you should probably be taking 40, you know, you should probably be taking an hour because your energy is all messed up and you need to be able to get that biofield nice and clear. Um, another one is words of affirmation. So obviously mm -hmm. the reason I said words earlier is I'm a writer, right? Yeah. Of course I love action. I love it when people take action, but words are kind of my thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, my second book is a little affirmation book that I rewrote kind of just as I was getting moved through my, my awakening, I, I kind of just allowed myself the opportunity to rewrite my thoughts. So if something would come up in some kind of a way that was a negative thought, mm -hmm. I would say, it's okay, I had that thought, but now I'm going to think of, and I would think of three things I was good at, or three things that I, you know, were going good in my life, that kind of stuff. And I would say things to myself, like, um, instead of feeling like I'm not good enough, capable enough, worthy enough, whatever, I would say, I'm strong, I am capable, I'm worthy. And I would rewrite my words. I would rewrite my thoughts in that kind mm -hmm. of a way. Mm -hmm. And so mantras are great to create your own mantras, create, um, you know, use others, you know, if that's what you're wanting, if you get inspired by a mantra book or a mantra mm -hmm. you see online, whatever the case may be for you. Um, one person who I absolutely love is Mel Robbins. I don't know if you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. She's, she talks about mantras all the time. So that helped me early on. Um, and then I also say boundaries. How do you want to feel? How do you want to be treated? That's mm -hmm. the foundation to everything. So what I would recommend to anyone listening to this is you want to feel cherished and you want to be treated with an equal energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And anything, any person, any place, any situation that is not in alignment with that either has to shift, go, or, you know, be upgraded in some kind of a way. And that's where the shadow work comes into play. Because when people start allowing themselves to feel that mm. and really own some of that shadow work, then they go, oh, wow, 
maybe I'm at the wrong job. Maybe what mom taught me wasn't actually accurate and I don't really know who I am. Maybe I'm with the wrong spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe my conditioning hasn't actually led me right. And then Mm -hmm. that's when that catalytic opening starts to happen and they go, oh, wow, I need to reprogram how I think about myself and how I see the world. And wow, I've really been choosing fear over love versus choosing love over fear. Wow, I got some work I need to do here. (laughs) I think that's incredible. So you've got the spending time by yourself, affirmations, mantras, and then creating those boundaries. And that's funny that you touch on boundaries because I actually wanted to dive into that a little bit and ask around um, boundaries as as an empath as a sensitive I imagine if you're say a recovering people pleaser and you're so used to being everything for everyone because that's what you felt you needed to do to be approved and to get love what can Mm -hmm. you do to actually create those boundaries as a way to um, just help you to be able to thrive Start saying no to anything that's not in service to that little girl or that little boy inside of you. You have to start asking them what they want and then you have to honor. So you really want to look at it as reparenting yourself in some ways, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you saw a little girl or a little boy being treated the way that that person, place or thing was treating you, the first thing you would do as an adult is you would go, hey, don't do that. You deserve better than that, right? Or you this, or you can do this. You're capable of this. So you have to start honoring Mm -hmm. and asking. So one of the things that I do on a very frequent basis with my clients is I have them go within, we do a little exercise and I have them ask that little girl or that little boy, which way now, which Mm -hmm. way now? And every single time they get immediate guidance and it's usually you have to do this. And yeah, there's going to be some work involved, but it's time to do that. I want to go up. You know, I want to rise. I want to take that risk. I want to start feeling, you know, cherished. And Mm. that's, that's where the shadow work comes in because we can't lie to ourselves and we know when we're not being true to ourselves. Do you think as someone who's coming from a place of being a disempowered empath that they would struggle with that exercise initially by being or differentiating the heart from the head because as you shared that in my mind I was like what's to stop the the conscious you know not the subconscious but what's to stop the the conscious being like or 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 stepping in and having that fear-based which then stops you from actually Uh, allowing the gut instinct of that little girl or little boy to come through. Sure. So I didn't go through the entire exercise, but we do do definitely walk through where I, we go through breath. Yep. We Mm. go through breath work. We Mm. go through walking through a certain space in nature. Mm. We go through encouraging them to um, get in touch with their guides. And then Mm. the little girl or the little boy just kind of shows up. It's like a thing that happens. Yeah. And what they'll what they'll notice is they'll notice that uh, it'll be just automatic. It's just yeah, they they re- it. and, then, and most of the time people go, I didn't even know that felt like hypnosis. I didn't even know that I could do that. Mm-hmm. And they'll notice that that little girl or that little boy 
will be a certain age. And when I say to them, okay, how old was she when she came through? Or how old was he? And they go six, eight, 13. And I go, perfect. What happened at that age? Yeah. And then they go, wow, that was mm. when the first time my intuitive knowing was dismissed. Mm. Or that's when I was told this, or when I was being heavily conditioned, or this traumatic experience happened. And so then we have to work on reprogramming mm. and um, healing mm-hmm. that aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when they do that, and they move into a state of acceptance, that's when the self love kind of happens. And then boom, the heart just busts wide open. And they get clarity and clarity and clear and they realize that um, that vibration of love that's streaming through all of us, which is the core of who we truly are, that when they tune back in with her or him, it's instant. They're, this isn't involved anymore because they're here. Mm, I love that. So um, while we're on that, can you tell us how somebody listening can go and book in with you for a session to be able to go through that with you? Because that oh. just sounds so dreamy. Oh, sure. Um, thank you. It's it's a, it's a fun experience. It can definitely be emotional, but then it gets mm. addictive because that's how you, that's how you learn to trust your intuition is it's all mm-hmm. inner child work. Mm-hmm. So um, my website's just divinesouljourney.net. I have a 30-day, I call it a spiritual badass journal for those who are getting ready to like navigate a new chapter. Um, mm. There are journal prompts in there and there's so many little different perspectives and some little games. So you can kind of figure out where your balance is, you know, maybe out of balance a little bit or where you're out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um it's got all kinds of little prompts to get you to focus on your, on yourself again. And it's, it's a fun little journal. So, you know, they can download that if you put it in the show notes and then just divinesoldering.net. I do um, individual readings, obviously, again, I'm a medium, which most Mm -hmm. empaths are some sort of a sensitive or a healer in that way. Mm -hmm. And um, I also have coaching that I, that I help people get once we figure out what it is, yeah. I have a 90, I have a 90 day program, a six month program and a one year program. Wow. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those. And also thank you very much for uh, your journal gift as well. Yes, that is in the description below. Um, so go and get it and, and go through it and really experience that for yourself. And like you said in the beginning, you work with anyone not just empaths so if you're listening to this and you're like oh yeah this is great learning a couple things but doesn't really relate to you well hey it relates to all of us even as stephanie's talking i'm just like i'm i want to go back into this stuff you know because obviously this is this is definitely the work that we're talking about right now like the heart of it and what's so fascinating is i never actually knew that the work was identified as the shadow self And I started hearing it on reels on Instagram, probably over the past year, year and a bit. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I I had this feeling of feeling like a fraud. I mean, like Janelle, you're coaching people and you haven't even done shadow work. And then as I'm going about, I'm like, wait, this is, this is everything I've done and still do. I just didn't know that there was a name to this. Yes, you know, so that's yes. literally just been so for those of you who don't know, like it's it's the journey of it's the asking yourself the questions and the going deep and and going back inside, you know, and yeah. like you like you said, going back to those younger years and and uh identifying those those blocks, things that have been that you've been holding on to that have been holding you back. So 
as you're talking and I'm hearing you talking about shadow stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, I have to uh, clarify that because I know that me a year ago had no idea what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one who does this. It's so simple. It's all of the aspects of ourselves that we've repressed or denied or suppressed. Like that's really what it is. So, you know, um, it really is that way. What you're describing though, is what a lot of coaches, healers, and I'm sure this will resonate with somebody listening. Um, when you're transitioning and you're stepping into your life purpose, or you're stepping into what you as a soul feel like you're here to do. A lot of people call me a rebirth expert. They call me the rebirth coach. You know, so I hear this all the time. You might be being moved through a little bit of something that I got moved through, which is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who am I to coach when I still struggle with this? Or who am I this? Or who am I? And then you, you go through what you just described and you realize, well, God, who am I not to? I am yeah. an expert at all this because I've yeah. done this work. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's so funny though. Those, those thoughts and feelings genuinely came when I didn't, I hadn't heard the word or the term before. And so those thoughts just instantly flood in. And then as soon as you actually go and like, you know, dictionary Google vibes, oh, actually <laughs> I do know everything that is. And yes, I have been doing that, but it's just so fascinating how we're so quick to, to jump on ourselves, right? And to be like validating, I suppose, see you don't know anything or you don't know enough. But the reality yes. is we do. I and love that you just highlighted that. That is so accurate. And then social media being the illusion that it is in so many ways, mm -hmm. we're so quick to give our power away, which kind of full circle brings us back to that's what this is all about is it's claiming your power. It's taking your power back. And, and it just goes to show me how intuitive you really are that you were doing the work and you didn't even know what the work was called. <laughs> It's mm -hmm. been my life, you know, and I, but I like, I, when I first started, it makes me think of um, Gabrielle Bernstein, spirit junkie. I was like, I was a junkie for this stuff, you know, like all, mm -hmm. all the, all the things that happened in my life, I'm going to revisit them. I want to go there. Like I want to, because I could see on the other side, I could see what kind of life I could have for myself. Um, and, and same deal as all the people that, you know, we get to work with in our professions. It's like, there is so much good for yourself and for your life on the other side of healing these things and being open and going back to love and, and like removing judgment of yourself and of others. And mm -hmm. it blows my mind how many people just resist and, and don't. And, and unfortunately some can spend their whole lives never getting to this place of release and rebirthing, you know, using yeah. your words, but yeah. it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. And, and it's often, you know, I always remind everyone who I'm on a podcast with that, that, that this place is nothing but a big old school. Yeah. We're an earth school. So it's like, we got to get the curriculum right or else we're just going to have to come back and do it again. We may as well do the work that we're guided to do because it gets harder every time, just like with any pattern in your life, you know, you go, Oh, dang, I've been fighting this pattern for five years. Oh, I've been fighting this pattern for, you know, however mm -hmm. long. And then it always comes back up to be revisited again. But I really do feel like the key to shadow work is having compassion because girl, yeah. when I first started my shadow work journey, I was so hard on myself. There's this illusion of when you walk down the spiritual path that you have to be perfect <laughs> or that, you know, who am I? Like you were saying the imposter syndrome, but you know, referencing Mer Bernstein or even Mel Robbins, you know, some of the most beautiful coaches out there, 
they're just wounded healers. And that's really what a healer is. A coach is a, 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 a medium, an empath, you know, a sensitive, anybody who comes along to a soul coach, um, they've just gone through pre-med, so to speak, mm-hmm. just done the work. And so those are the best people to learn from because they had to do the work for themselves first. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this has been such an insightful and absolutely empowering conversation. So I just want to thank you. And uh, I feel like I'm just thinking, you know, how am I going to wrap this up? And I want to ask you, what is your favorite thing to do to come back to yourself? That's so funny that you asked that question because I just just thought about this last night. I had a crazy chaotic day yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's been a while since I've done this, but it's like my main thing. So music is my thing. Mm -hmm. And I, when I'm feeling very frazzled and I need to find my, my balance again, I will listen to movie soundtracks and I will put my headbuds in and I will just get lost um, in the emotion that evokes, that it evokes in Mm. me. This This is how I wrote my two books. Um, and when I'm being encouraged to do something for someone else and like, like a coaching program or whatever, if I'm being guided to create something new, mm-hmm. I'll do that. So it's all about music. Um, that's a big one. Of course I meditate and exercise, you know, yeah. when I'm not being a couch potato, um, <laughs> but that is the big thing is just really listening to that. I also, for anybody who is struggling, um, be your own cheerleader when you need to find your balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that over the years um, I've had to go back and like, look at my accomplishments and go, Mm -hmm. no girl, you're on the right path. Just go back. And and if you need to be your own cheerleader, be your own cheerleader. Mm -hmm. That is one of my biggest mantras. One of the biggest things that I'm always um, harping on about with people and a really big part of the work as well is teaching people how to be their own cheerleader, you know, in different ways and shapes and forms that that can take place in their own life. And I'm so glad that you said that. I'm also so freaking glad that you talked about movie soundtracks because I love them. And as you're talking, I'm like burlesque. The burlesque movie soundtrack is so good. The Rock of Ages soundtrack, so good. Like those are Mm -hmm. two that come to my mind instantly but I feel you you just put it on and then if you listen from start to finish not in like shuffled order you get to go through the motions motions. and Mm -hmm. oh so good oh yeah I've got a few I don't I love the Braveheart soundtrack okay I'm writing I'm writing this down um Moulin Rouge is a great soundtrack to listen to um there's so many I even listen to the Titanic soundtrack wow. sometimes I love okay. like like the first couple songs the rest of it's a little dramatic but yeah you know there's there's so many that I listened to and it just helps bring you back to a place of I'll listen to that and then I'll go and I'll look at my accomplishments and I'll say wow you're it's okay you're doing it you're trusting you're growing keep going that is so stunning I recently re-watched the movie A Walk to Remember have oh, you seen yeah. that movie before? Isn't it just well, such a horror? It's the sweetest <laughs> movie ever. It's on Netflix, by the way. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, <laughs> and as I was watching that movie, every single 
soundtrack that came on, I was like singing along to it because I love, I've, it's probably one of my favorite movies, but I never identified it as my favorite movie up until rewatching it a few weeks ago. I was like, this, this has to be one of my favorite, just little like teenage love rom-com vibes. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, not even a comedy, but you know what I mean? Like romance, drama stuff. Um, and all of those tunes like that even is such a beautiful soundtrack to be listening to. So you have just given such a great dose of inspiration on top of the whole episode of value that you have shared. So thank you so much for your time and thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.